Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God, we want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. What is going on, post-Sunday podcasters? I'm your host, Pastor Johnny Sierra, here with you guys. Episode 22, another week with you guys in the NeverEnding Stories series. I am with the one and only, my co-host, Pastor Tim Grantsaff. We're almost halfway through the year. Crazy. Almost 26 weeks. So getting at episode 22, Yeah, we're trucking along now. So we got stuff to talk about. It's also Rush Monday. Monday. All of our students are going to camp. We'll be heading up to Daytona after the podcast here, after recording it yes. with all the content and getting to be with them. You get to lead worship. I get to preach. You teaching tonight. I'm teaching tonight. Yep. So that'll be fun. And yep. then it's also Memorial Day. Yes. And so, you know, I think shout out to all of those who have served and those who have lost, you know, family and friends. I was talking with one of our our church members this morning who has been on the battlefield and some really, yeah. really tough circumstances. He was a field medic, so he's seen a lot. Wow. And so we were talking this morning and he was just talking about naming all the names of people that today he's remembering and thinking about and, and the lives that have been lost. So we get to do this freely because they serve. So thank you to all those who gave up and sacrificed. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, we, we mentioned it in service yesterday, but he sent us a, just a, a thread of, of different individuals, their families, those that have really paid the price, uh, paid the highest price for our freedom. So we're thankful for that. Thank you. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you, families. Um, and, um, yeah, we remember today. We definitely remember. We're excited. We're excited to launch uh, episode 22 uh, we had uh, an amazing time yesterday uh, at Genesis Church Orlando, and and so with saying all that, if you guys are watching us through YouTube via YouTube, thank you, thank you, thank you. We encourage you guys to just hit that subscribe button uh, as well as the notification bell, and you'll be you'll be notified every time we get a podcast out to you guys. Also, too, follow us on Spotify and iTunes. We are available there for you guys to listen if you want. Listen to us through your workout, through a car ride, whatever it may be. Uh, we're just really trying to get this information out to do many different platforms as we can. And a post Sunday podcast is basically us just really dedicated to the Word of God. We've been diving into Scripture the entire year. We're going from the book of Genesis all the way to Revelation this entire year, not only ourselves in this podcast, but our church. So you're welcome to join us on youtube.com backslash Genesis Church Orlando to watch us live at 9.30 and 11. Um, and we also have an A15 service for those that are early risers. But uh, we're, we're stemming everything out of these conversations. And we had the privilege of having Pastor Chad speak to us yesterday uh, in the book of Judges. It's our second week in the book of Judges. And he spoke about uh, a really kind of underrated char uh, character in the Bible that we don't get to really talk about. And if you Judges ain't the book where you really are spending a lot of time for, for most of us, let's be honest, uh, he kind of gets, uh, he's under the radar. 
in regards to uh, just his faith and just uh, really how he relates to a lot of us um, in, in a lot of standpoints. But we're talking about uh, a character called Gideon. And so today we're going to put our uh, focus on that. We're going to hit some stuff uh, pre-Gideon, but we're also going to possibly hit some things post-Gideon too. So looking forward to those conversations. As, and if you guys watch Pastor Chad, um, he had to go through two chapters to pretty in 20-something minutes, you know. So it's, it's not easy sometimes. We had a pretty packed schedule yesterday with a lot of things that we wanted to put some attention to. So, uh, but that's the beauty of this po- this post Sunday podcast. Really getting getting more getting more deeper into it. I wish he was here though. I have to say that. Yeah, yeah. you know, he's like, "This is your show," so you guys go ahead. But he, like you said, now we're kind of hop, skip, and jumping. Yeah, because we we're we're going through the scope of the Bible. Yeah, so we're not able to hit all the details. That's what this podcast is for. So yeah. whether people are watching, listening, whether you attend Genesis or not, if you want to just know about this, this character Gideon in the book of judges, like this is where we get to unpack all of that stuff. And as you said, for those that do, if you know of Gideon, usually he's just associated to, to probably more of a prayer concept of a character yeah. because he lays out the fleece and then everybody wants to take that and use that. Like, Hey, this is how you need to pray, lay out your fleece. And that's not bad, but there's so much more in the story there is a lot. that people miss because they've really only heard it or unpacked it through one lens. Yeah. And what we want to do is, is look through a few lenses and see multiple things happening so that we can understand the story deeper, but not just to understand it as we always say, so that it transforms us. And yeah. as we're learning all this stuff, that's what's taking place in these stories. We look at it through the through binoculars as deep as we can into it. Yeah. Then we set our binoculars down and we lift up a hand mirror and we say, hey, what in this story do I need to be paying attention to mm. that I may be replaying, I may be mimicking, I may be seeing in my own life, and I see their results and I see what happened and I see what God was asking for. What do I need to see in my own life right now when it pertains to this story. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. So let's let's dive right in, man. I'm excited to do this. But judges, we begin in Judges six, and uh, we'll just we'll just talk through, uh, skim some things here with you guys real quick. But Judges six one and two, it says the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites because the power of Midian was so oppressive. The Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts caves and strongholds so we see here that there is oppression happening and we kind of left last week with basically the israelites kind of deciding for themselves where they're going to go yeah uh and this is the consequence of their decision right there's seven cycles in judges yeah and it's the same seven cycles god gives them a leader they follow them for a little bit then they want to do their own thing because they decide they want to be disobedient God says, listen, I'm going to hand you over to those who want to plunder you and, and, and hold you captive. Mm. And that happens. Then they cry out because they end up in a place they don't want to be. And then God redeems them out of his grace and mercy, gives them a new leader. And so there's, there's like this two-sided coin in that, right? Because there are some people who ignorantly will say, well, look, the people can do whatever they want to do, cry out. God listens to them and he gives them a new leader. Mm. Or we can in spiritual maturity, see that this is a terrible cycle. It is. That 
We want something, we get it, we don't want to pay attention to it, so we go our own way. Then we end up in a place we don't want to be. Then we cry out to God because we're at rock bottom, Hmm. and we expect God to deliver us. And that is what is happening in Judges. And there are seven different Judges. I believe Gideon's the fifth one. And as it starts out, here's oppression, here's plunder, here's all these things, because for seven years God said, I'm going to take my hand off of you. And that that is a reality people have to hear because... What we're really talking about, we were just mentioning this before we we came on air, was right now we are looking at the disobedience of Israel. And it is a common thread throughout the Old Testament because God asks for obedience. Just like today, we want to disobey the word of God and do what we want instead of obey. Then people come to us and they have these moments where they say, I, I'm, I'm hearing these stories and I cannot believe God would do those types of things. And what we want to do is we want to flip the script on God. I can't believe God would do these types of things to people mm. instead of keeping reality in check. I can't believe these people after all God is doing, keep disobeying him. Wow. Right. We wow. have to see this through the right lens. See it that way, yeah. Stop flipping it at God, pointing our finger at God because Seven cycles shows God's grace and mercy seven different times of trying to give them a leader, to get them back on track. They keep putting themselves in the place. We said it last week. You get what you ask for. That's what the beginning of the story is is showing us. That you decided to get yourself out of the protection of God. And so and and when I think of that, I think about a child that's, uh, I think about the, um, I think about the, uh, oh my gosh, the prodigal son. Yeah. And the moment that he said, listen, dad, I, I want to go off on my own. You left, you left the, sh- the comfort and the shelter, the protection of your father. You're on your own. Look what that provided you, right? He can't be in that predicament and point the finger at his dad and say, you did this to me, right? But the, but the Israelites seem to, uh, and we, I think we, uh, everyone, I mean, even us now, we seem to do that. Like you said, point the finger right back at God. Why? Since you're the alpha and omega the beginning and the end you control all things you're supposed to be able to protect me get me out of these things prevent these things but yet i still find myself doing it and not realizing that you're the one self-inflicting those things upon yourself we love to blame people oh man so we're always looking never take responsibility blame someone else yeah blame ultimately god and god once again through scripture keeps showing yeah his sovereignty, he keeps showing his compassion, he keeps showing his grace, and the people keep stepping away from that on their own. And God even, he even forewarned them, if you do these things, they will lure you away. If you do these things, they will seduce you. If Mm. you do these things, they will pull you to worship and bow down to their gods. And so you get to to this passage, and now they're hiding in caves. (laughs) Their people are being killed. You, yeah. you would think that they know, but it tells us in verse six that they cry out. So yeah. once again, it's like the Exodus story, right? We want to cry out when we're in oppression and we're in captivity or at rock bottom. And sometimes it takes people getting to rock bottom, but that's often the only time some people cry out Which is, is when they get to rock bottom. Yeah. Instead of along the way, obediently following God, we want to disobediently go our own way then we, we get at rock bottom and we want to cry out and go, God, come help me and get me out of this mess. I got myself in. Yeah, that's crazy. Judges 6, um, chapter 6, verse 6, it median, me, the median was so uh, 
it was meaty and so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. Verse 7, when the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent a prophet who said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, I brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Verse 9, I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and I delivered you from the hand of all the oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I, verse 10, I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live. Uh, but we highlight this portion here. It says, but you have not listened to me. Um, here is God basically reminding um, the Israelites what he's done, what he's done for them. God will lead you always, I feel, to a place of remembrance. Anytime you get to a position in your life that... Um, that there's a turnaround, there's a, there, there's a fork on the road. God always seems to find a place, uh, opportunity there to really allow you to remember everything is done because I think you, we get clouded with so much of what currently is happening. We forget what God has been doing on the back end, how he's been working everything for the good, um, and it clouds our judgment. And the enemy, I think, I think has a hand in that as well. And here are the Israelites back in oppression, very similar to the time of Egypt. And very similarly asked, where is God again? But, but, but here is God telling them, do you remember what I did for you? And so I, I thought that was powerful for him to, to remind them of that. Because I think out of that really stems out this, um, this transformation you know, we talk about markers to yeah. remind ourselves. Joshua takes the nation of Israel over the Jordan River, set these stones up as markers, mm. a memorial to remember me. You know, I, I had a great pastor, mentor, boss in my life growing up that taught me to journal, journal the things God did. Mm. That way, when you get through to a rough season, you get to a new wilderness or a low moment, you go back and you read the things that God did to remind you of how good he is. Just this morning, I was te texting our family pastor, our student director, because it's camp this week. So inevitably, you're taking more kids than you ever have. It's a week of camp. You know, it, things are going to happen. But pray that God gives you eyes to see things and ears to hear things that you would miss in the hustle and bustle of camp for a week and then write them down so that you can celebrate them later. Because, you know, with this many kids, stuff's going to happen. It's camp. It's kids. Right? Like, like, this is just what, what takes place no matter what. So you have to capture those moments so that you can go back and remember them. And as you said, God keeps asking them to remember what? The Exodus story. This is why we've said the Exodus story is a thread through God's story. It is a remembrance for Israel, but it is a remembrance for us spiritually. And he's saying, don't you remember what I did then? Now you're in a cycle. If, if he's the fifth judge for the fifth time, we keep ending up here. And here's the reason why, as you said, because you have not listened or my ESV says obeyed my voice. Yeah. This is the bottom line. The reason you're here is your lack of obedience to me. Yeah. You got yourself here. Yeah. And so their sin was their own doing and very similar to a lot of our situations. We get ourselves in ruts, and we want to put the blame game. I love the analogy that he brought of his son. 
Um, and it's very similar. His son and my daughter go to the same school, same class. So um, inevitably, they um, they kind of share things about each other <laughs> that maybe, you know, they don't realize they, they are. You know, he said this or she said that. And we kind of work with each other and get intel, you know, from one another on, on their behavior and stuff. But it's true. You know, a lot of the blame game, my, my, even my youngest daughter, she'll, she'll blame and she's got two to blame before she, we get to her. So it's, it's like uh, Micah did this or Aria did that. And, and she's such a, oh my God, actress and you melt like, and so she has this way of just like enticing you and just sucking you into convincing you that, Don't you know, say you plural. <laughs> Just sess up me, me, yes, me, me, yes. No one else. You, no one you else. are butter in her hands. I am butter. She gives you the look, <laughs> and you're like, "Here, honey, here's your whole plate of Skittles and Sour Patch Kids for dinner before your meal." Like she owns you. Side she, story, dude. She, she, I, she, she. I came out of the gym, and she's in my side of the bed this morning, and she shows me a picture of her eating a cotton candy, and I think she was like two years old. Yeah. I was like, honey, since we've given this girl candy since she's come out of the womb. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you said we again. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to this today. No. Me. Me, no. myself, and I am fully no. responsible. This is a partnership. For turning my daughter Me diabetic my because I feed her all things. <laughs> <laughs> candy and sweets. So <laughs> I, I guess I am the root of a lot of her uh, sugar rush, which causes yes. a trickle effect on a lot there of different things. But. Hey, you know, back to the story here, but the Israelites just forgot who they were, um, where they came from, and their purpose, you know, and and a lot of us are just in that predicament as well. I, I love what Chad said. Sometimes when we are going through hard times, it's because we are living according to our own terms rather than God's plans for us. You're, you're picking and choosing um uh, a wider road, but there's just so much difficulty, so much turbulence in life. And you're wondering, oh my gosh, why is this going this way? Well, I, I think you may need to pause, be silent, be still, and really hear where God's truly direction is for your life, right? Yeah. When, when Gideon has this messenger come to him, this angel of the Lord, my, my son was going to be taking this part of the story and sharing he's in college or out of college and with our middle schoolers yesterday. So we were talking through this and he's like, that you would think that when a messenger comes to you, like you would immediately get it. And I was like, you would, wouldn't you? Cause that's what we all want. God send a messenger from yeah. God. And once you do that, I'm all in. I said, but look, look at all the stories in the Bible. Look at how many times God showed up and said this, or God did a miracle and the people still go their own way. Yeah. It's that, it's that sinful inclination of our heart to go where we desire, not where God desires. And this angel shows up and uh, approaches Gideon. And as, as Chad pointed out, we find him hiding in a wine press because he's hiding from the Midianites. And now the question becomes, as I was talking with my son, why did God choose Gideon out of all the peoples? So this is that moment to look into the story with binoculars, but then to hold that hand mirror or go look in that bathroom mirror and go, God, am I more like Israel doing whatever I want, disobeying the voice of God? Mm. Or does God see me as Gideon among 
Israel, among the culture, among society. So we know that he's from the smallest tribe. He doesn't think highly of himself. But then we also discover his brothers were killed by the Midianites. So he's he's got to be fearful, right? That's why he's hiding it, it, to some degree. And then it tells us that his father served the Baals, the gods and the goddesses around them. This is what happens in Judges. Everyone starts following the culture. It's the God and. They don't abandon God, but they add to God. So now they, they've, they've got God. He's the God of Israel, but he's not the God of their hearts. And then they've got the other gods and goddesses. And somehow Gideon stands uncorrupted by this. Gideon doesn't sway and bend into these things, which is an awesome, awesome piece of the story because this is what we struggle with. Finding people that are willing to stand uncorrupted, not perfect. Let's use the right word, right? We're not, no one's perfect. It doesn't mean Gideon didn't do wrong things. As a matter of fact, well, if you find out within the story later, even as a judge, he's got anger issues, you know, and, and that, that cloud his judgment. So no one's perfect. We're not looking at Gideon going, oh, if I was just perfect like him, boom. Mm. We're looking at him going, even, take, think about this, even when his family, is all worshiping false gods and goddesses. He's not. So how many people today listening or watching, their family don't believe, doesn't believe in God, maybe leans into a different religion, maybe says, I don't believe in any God at all, and, and you're struggling to stand in your faith or the pressures of your friends or your yeah. work around you to go do this with culture or accept this or whatever, and you're trying to stand uncorrupted, that's how you look at this and go, okay, God, you didn't just see Gideon this way. You decided you were going to raise him up and use him. And so for those of us looking for purpose and significance for something bigger than ourselves, this is what God is looking for. Obedient people who are not going to be corrupted by the culture around them, who are going to stand strong in their faith. Nowhere in there did I say perfect people. I just said people willing to take a stand and be uncorrupted in a society and culture that feeds you corruption against God. Yeah. And we see in verse 12, uh, Judges 6, 12, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Um, I love that, man. I love that because there is, God is not held back by your current circumstances, right? And, 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 and like you said, here he is, he's weak, here he is. It's all everything is up against him. There isn't much that he can really uh, lean on in his life. Um, but here, the, the angel of the Lord says, "Mighty warrior you are." And so, um, you know, I, I love that because God is just not—he's not confined by your circumstances. He sees Gideon for what he is, what what he is, and not what he's currently going through, right? And and I think that a lot of us we we we, we go to God with our current situation, and that is what defines us. That is who we are, and, 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 and that is it. That's, a, that, that's the period to the sentence, and God says, no, there is more beyond that. You're bigger than this. And, 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 and it's not like, and, and, and we see in the next verse, this is Gideon's response in Judges 6.15, pardon me, my Lord, hold, hold up, right? Hold up. I need to let you know who I am, right? Like, he's almost trying to tell him, like, who he is. As if God doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. 
But how can I save Israel? Like, are, do you know who you're talking to here? Like, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, Manasseh and I am the least in my family. Like, you know, like, hold up here. You do, do you know who you're talking to? And, and, and yes, God is like, I do know who I'm talking to because I'm going to do this similar thing later on um, with another king. And I, 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 this is what I do. I, I, I will, you worry about obeying me. You know, well, what's the saying? God uh, doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Yeah. And this is, this is that circumstance right now. It's that humility. Yeah. I think that that's a key characteristic for any of the great leaders, yeah. male and female, we find in the scriptures is that humility to understand who God is and, and to bow into that obedience. And some of us, we stand too prideful, you know? And so this isn't that moment where like Gideon is, no, 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 God, blah, 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 blah. And God is angry, like do this. I, I think in my own way, and this isn't, you know, probably accurate in this moment, but I would think almost like God chuckles, like you do not think I know who you are, <laughs> you know, like, do you not know that I've already been watching and observing you? Do you not know why I've sent a messenger? I know you don't think you're worthy. Yeah. I know that you don't think that you're strong enough. I know that you don't think that you're qualified enough. I know that you come from the weakest clan. And that is, that's the beauty of it, right? It's that, that, that reality that God uses the ordinary to do the extraordinary, wow. right? Yeah. And so in our lives, there are so many of us that walk around with that, that, perspective on our life. I'm not good enough. I'm not qualified. I'm not. And we hear this over and over again. It's almost cliche, right? Yeah. However, what we don't really believe is that God does use us. And Gideon is that story once again of, like you said, we'll find a few more and we'll discover them next week and the weeks to come. All these people, humble beginnings, back to Moses. We're not told who his parents' names are at the very beginning because their lives were not significant. They were not wealthy. They were not powerful. They were just two ordinary people that God decided, I'm going to use your son to rescue my people out of. Mary and Joseph, two ordinary people found righteous in God's eyes that he Crazy. found favor upon. So the story is filled. This is, so when we talk about the scope of God's story, this is the beauty of it. Time and time again, God shows us he uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Time and time again, he says, if you obey me, this is what I'll do. Time and time again, we find people disobeying God, really giving into the culture around them, and then wondering why they're stuck in the mess that they're in. This thread just keeps showing up and keeps continuing, and you would think that we would look back and go, oh, this is going to be easy. We have a blueprint of how not to do this because of so many people that messed it up and so many failures and so many consequences, we would be fearful, but we don't. Yeah. We just relive the same cycles again because of our stubbornness, our pride and desire to do what we want to do. Yeah. Judges six sixteen. it says, the Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving no one alive. Sometimes the call of God is often a mystery uh, is is often a mystery, and often his selection process has no rational sense. It just doesn't make sense, as you were saying. It's it's very, you just when God chooses you, He chooses you, and there isn't really a, um, a 
he doesn't need an explanation for it. Like it is what it is. He's going to do what he wants to do at the end of the day. But I, I think for me, it really comes down to um, availability, man. And we'll talk about that a little later. I don't, I don't want to get ahead of myself here. But Judges 6, 36 through 38, Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by, by my hand as you have promised, holding God to his word, look, I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. If there is dew, if there is dew only on the fleece and all the ground is dry, then I will know that you, have, you will save Israel by my hand as you said. And that is what happened. So uh, let's talk about that a little bit because yeah, he puts God to uh, somewhat of a test. Well, not not necessarily a test. Let's make sure, yeah. you know, because I, I believe that's where, you know, you only see Gideon, if you know him, as a character through prayer. And then all of a sudden that, that turns our prayers into tests of God. Mm. And prayer is not a time to test God. Prayer is a time to call on God. And prayer is a time really to have our lives changed more than than we want God to change for our circumstance. Here, here's the, the the picture that we need to understand. The book of Judges opens, and all of the people are stuck. They are now stuck in a situation that God forewarned them. He said, if you don't drive out the inhabitants, there'll be a thorn in your flesh. Mm. So here we have the Canaanites, the Amorites, thorn the Midianites, all these people that are coming back at them. Yeah. They weren't supposed to be there to begin with. The very fact that they're there and we keep reading about them shows disobedience. He tells them, tear down their altars of worship or you will be seduced to worship their gods and goddesses. And so one of the very first things before verse 36 that God tells Gideon to do is to go tear down the altars of Baal your father and family have erected and build me an altar. So God is trying to get him to rectify the problems that the people before him in a disobedience didn't do. There's so much in that because now you're realizing even for us sometimes we're trying to correct the disobedience of those before us, mm. right? In our family, in our home, we're breaking chains of addictions and, and, and habits and characteristics that are toxic, that are evil, that, that are dark, that uh, are abusive, you know, all these things that, 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 that come through, we're the ones that God is calling to stop them. And then you have to think about by doing that, he is showing, I will not participate in the practices of my family and the people around me by doing this. Mm. So God is pretty much telling him before he comes to God with the fleas, hey, clean up this mess. Clean up the altars, clean up what's been left behind, all these types of things. I'm, I've seen you standing uncorrupted. Now I'm asking you to do some bold and courageous things in obedience to me. He could have easily turned around and said, listen, God, my dad built that altar mm. and I, I don't worship at it, but like that's his thing and let him do what he's going to do. I'm going to do me, right? Because that's how we approach our faith. You do me, or you do you, I'll do me, and, and let's just let's do life that way, right? And so God's saying, no, 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 I don't want that altar. I don't want it in your house. I don't want it to exist. I want it down. And, and so he has to go tear that down. And just like in Judges 2, here, people are inevitably going to get mad about that. Don't take away what I like. 
Don't take away what I want to practice. Don't take away the things that I want to do, whether they please the heart of God or not. Let me be me. Let me do me. Let me let me experience and be a part of whatever I want. We're back to don't judge me, right? Yeah. Which really means don't talk about sin. That phrase does not mean don't correct me, don't hold me accountable. That's not what we're saying when we say that phrase. When we say don't judge me, we're really looking at someone saying don't talk about my sin. You don't have the right. You don't need to. I don't want you to talk about sin in my life. And yet Gideon's being raised up to be a judge. Therefore, you can't have an altar even though your dad built it in your own house. Now now we get to the fleece. Yeah. And the fleece is, is I think, a moment for us to step back and realize this is, this is more like Gideon asking God, God, I'm asking for confirmation. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not testing you. If you don't do this, then I'm not going to be the person you're calling me to be, right? He's already seen the angel of the Lord face to face, thinks he's going to die. God says, no, I'm with you. You're not going to die. Behold, I've seen him, you know, all this type of stuff. This is that confirmation. Remember back in, in, in Numbers, just a few weeks back in the podcast, the nation of Israel doesn't want to go into the promised land because they are believing the, the ten spies, the lies of the ten spies. Caleb and Joshua come back, and they give the right report. The ten spies give the evil report. And then God says, well, because of this, you're not, you're not going in, you're, blah, 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 blah. You're, you're not. And then they turn around and they go, oh, no, now we know our consequence. We're going to rush into battle. And they're told, don't go into battle. God is not with you. Be, that's your consequence. God's not with you because of your disobedience. And they go into battle and they lose. This is more of Gideon, once again, correcting the mistakes of those before him. God, I know the mission. I want confirmation that I'm not going to do this on my own. You're going to be with me. I'm not going to lead these people. I'm not going to judge these people. I'm not going into battle unless I know you're with me. Moses, where you go, I'll go. If the cloud moves during the day, we pick up the tent and we move. If the, if the pillar of fire moves at night, we pick up camp and we move forward. We go where you go. That's really what Gideon is doing. He's not testing God. If you do this, then I'll do that. That's how we play our disobedient game, right? Because God, you didn't do this. Therefore, I get the right to do this. Gideon is now saying, God, confirm that you are going to inevitably win this battle for us. Yeah. And I, I think this this shines a light for the way that we should approach life. You're, you're ready to make a transition in your life. You're ready to go through something big. You're ready to make a big decision, career. Uh, you're ready to move your family somewhere. You're ready to... Uh, you're even looking for another church or you're looking to plant yourself at a church. I think this is a great, this is kind of a, a, a little bit of a, an approach that you can take in a sense of like, God, you know, I know you're with me, right? And just like you were with Gideon, but bring that confirmation. I want to know exactly that this is what you want. This is your will for me. This is what you desire. I don't, you know, my desire is to be out of this situation, just like my entire country is for Gideon's perspective. But I can't do this without you. 
So I need to know that you're with me in order to conquer this. I need to know that you're with me in order to get to, to the place that you, the angel of the Lord has told me that I would be. I need, I need that confirmation. So I think it's a great approach for all of us. At least it teaches me that, you know, if any big decisions I'm ready to make, yes, of course, sometimes logically it just makes sense for me, um, you know, as I think about it, as I plan it, as I strategize, as I, as I talk to my wife and children about it, yes, it makes all sense, right? And, and I'll just, I'll, I'll go, uh, I'll bring some practicality to it. As we were getting ready to transition from um, my secular work into full-time ministry, um, it all made sense on paper. It all, one through ten, just made sense, but I knew that I, I needed still the confirmation of God in my life. And so uh, one of the big keys, there was a couple different big keys for me, but one of the big keys was I, I wanted to make sure my wife was 100% on board. If I don't have her on board, it's just not going to work. And I, 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 I gained that wisdom through years of serving in ministry. You don't, there's just things you don't learn until you've done time. Right. And, and, and secondly, it was like, you know, the, the reality of it, like we have three children, we have, uh, you know, expenses. There's things that we, ha- we got to make a living. Like we have to survive. Everything lined up the way that, that God wanted it to. He was speaking to my wife the way uh, that she needed to be spoken to. She would come to me daily saying, oh, my God, I got this scripture. God, God is just speaking to me through this. Um, at the time, Pastor Chad was just uh, really kind of the mediator, you know, uh, and guiding us through the processes. And God was really just using him to bring a lot of wisdom and counsel for us, um, affirmation. Um, and, 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 and I'll tell you a quick story, but I received uh, the letter to ex uh, for acceptance with Genesis. And I remember uh, I gave my letter of resignation to uh, my uh, company at the time. And a week later, they fired everyone that was in my department. Wow. Crazy, yeah. right? That was like, whoo, like the cherry on top confirmation for us that it was just like, it was the timing of God. It This is the next chapter in your life. But we needed that confirmation. We needed to, to know, God, is this really your will? Because for me, I wanted it, right? right? But I wanted it to be beyond myself. That, that's the only way this is going to work. And so I, I, I needed that. But I, I wanted to share that because I feel like, you know, someone maybe, ha- maybe needing to make a big decision here coming up. And, uh, you know, you want to make sure that all the pieces are aligning up to it. But the, the, the final stamp has to be, God's confirmation upon your life for that. That's that's a perfect illustration, your story, you know, because you weren't disobedient. You weren't allowing yourself to be corrupted by the things around you. You were standing in your faith just asking God, I want to make sure. Yeah. Now, we can we can probably banter for days on, when to move, when not to move. Is it too fast, too slow? You know, I won't unpack my whole story, but it, as we tell it all the time, it was a two-year yeah. period of confirming God, my wife, God, the the place, God, all these things. I I heard your call, mm-hmm. 
Mm. And it wasn't disobedience. It was wanting to know that when I do this, you're with me, right? I'm not, I'm not following the desires of my heart. I yeah. am in line with the desires of your heart for me. Yeah. And there's, therein lies the difference. And there's some people that can't differentiate that yet because maybe they've lived in disobedience so long, they don't know how to hear the spirit of God any longer. Mm. At the same time, there are those moments as you did where God, I'm, I'm all in. Here I am. Use me. I'm at your service, right? But God, just just confirm. Confirm that this is you, really, that it's not just me. And someone will ask, well, how did you know? And then that's when you come back like you just did and go, watch, well, this, 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 yeah. and then this happened. Yeah. And you see God at work. And for Gideon, that's what's taking place because yeah. he doesn't know at this moment what God is about to ask of him next. We do. We read through the story. You can read through these two chapters probably in, in, I don't know, depending on how fast you read, eight minutes, nine minutes, you know, something like that, um, trying to, to, to just take it in fast. He has no idea what God's about to ask of him when it comes to the nation of Israel and how he's going to fight this battle. And just before that, going back for just a moment, when he tears down the, the altar of Baal and Ashtoreth, which once again we go back to is the goddess of sexuality, the city, the nation of Israel, they come at him. They're upset. Who did this? We're going to kill this person. Mm. They're mad, which is amazing to me, right? They know what God has asked of them. They're irate that this has been taken from them. Think, we, we don't need to unpack Target and LA Dodgers and all that this week, but think of all of the craziness happening around us and all the headlines right now, Bud Light, the whole nine yards, and how many people get mad that that's being taken from them that are self-proclaiming Christians. I'm not talking about the world that doesn't know God. Here is the Israelites getting mad that the altar of Baal has been torn down. Who did this? We're going to kill him. And he turns to them and it's like, how dare you? You want to contend for Baal? You're so deep in sin. Right. You want to contend for Baal, the false wow. God? Go ahead. Stand before God and watch the one who does, he will die. God's going God's gonna to take his life. Want to play this game with God? Let's see whose God really is Lord of Lord and King of Kings, creator of all things, right? And so he puts it back at them. They eventually rename him, you know, because of all this. And now God is going to tell him, listen, gather the men for battle. And I think about, is it 32,000 yeah. men? And I just don't want to get the number wrong. You know, it is an actual real, real number. Sometimes you forget. Yeah. And you have to know. That the same men that were saying, who took down this altar, let's kill him, are now the men that are supposed to go to battle with him. Do you think he has faith and trust in his army? Yeah. They wanted to kill him before the battle. How many kings do we find out get killed because of battles? And yet God is not just going to say, grab the men and go to war. Hey, you have too many. And as Chad said yesterday, excuse me? <laughs> Wait a second, God. Do you know how many Midianites are out there? Do you know how many Amorites are out there? Do you know how many Canaanites are out there? Yeah. We, we're outnumbered most of the time. And you're telling me 32,000 is too many. So this is God coming back into the story going, do you trust yourself or do you trust me? Mm. Right? I've confirmed I'm going to be with you. You asked me to confirm it. When, when you took that fleece and you said, 
God, I want the fleece to be wet and the, the ground dry around it. And then, God, I want the ground around it to be wet and the fleece to be dry. Twice. And God confirmed both times, I'm going to be with you. I got this. And God has done this over and over again. Nation of Israel standing at the Red Sea, be still. I will fight this battle for you. The, the battle at Jericho, don't, don't lift a sword. March around the city. I'll bring the walls down. However, you want to fight battles on your own, Numbers 14, without me, then you go fight them and you're probably going to lose. And so now uh, Gideon has to be thinking, I don't know if I trust all these men anyways. They want to kill me. Now you're telling me I don't need this many. And so God says, let's dwindle this down. You know, and then I think it's down to like 10,000. 10, That's too many. And so he tells them, take them down to the river. And, you know, the, 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 the ones that take the water in their hands and lap it like dogs and the ones that, that bend down. And so really the cool part is that there's, there's this same word we were finding through scripture. He's really telling him to set them apart. You're going to divide these two, right? Because that's ultimately what God is asking us to do, to be set apart, mm. set apart from the culture, set apart from the people around us. He's, it's the sheep and the goats, right? Ultimately, that's what he's going to do at the very end, separate the sheep from the yeah. goats. And you have this I, picture. I don't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, I just, uh, I was, I was bringing this story up to my kids because I wanted them to understand it leading up to this week. Cause our children's ministry is going through the same, same stories as we are. We're literally all, everyone's going through the Bible together here at Genesis church. So, uh, I wanted them to understand that, but they asked me a, a question. It's like, why, why did God, um, choose the ones that were, uh, basically, uh, making a cup out, out of their hands for water, as opposed to the ones really dunking their, their head in there and just drinking. Uh, I, I don't know where I got this and, and it may not even be accurate, but I just, I, I was telling them, I said, you know, it seems to me, well, knowing that what you just said now, there, there, there is this separation, like God wants to separate, you know, differentiate those that, that were doing it. But I don't know. I, I, have you ever read a, a, so a meaning of that? Same thing. Like, yeah. even as much as I've studied it, I just, I, this is, is what a, I told him. I said, I said, I feel like God chose the ones that kind of had their hand, uh, created a, a cup out of their hand and zipped because they just, they were, they seemed to be more aware of what was around them. It seemed like maybe they had more experience in what they were getting ready to do. Um, there, there was wisdom there. Um, but also if you want to go even deeper, um, those that would just kind of dunk themselves in just kind of had a, a, maybe a selfish mentality of, and, and really putting, cause, 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 cause even yourself, you put yourself at harm, you put the team at harm. And so I'm, 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 I'm putting myself and dunking myself, not caring for anything else, but my own self and nourishment, putting the team uh, at risk possibly for danger. And so like, I, I feel like there's, there's kind of this military um, wisdom behind that, that uh, we can learn from uh, that really teaches us like uh, something out of this. Right. I, I, I don't know. Yes. Right. Because this is the beauty of God's story. He doesn't explain everything. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it doesn't always mean it's left open to personal interpretation, but I think he gives insight and different perspectives into some of those things that you don't get a clear answer for. Mm -hmm. So the same thing, I'm studying it and I'm going, my whole life, I've never really, I've heard 
some of that, you know, the military stance, they were standing more alert and aware like a soldier would. Yet this, the same time I'm thinking, well, the ones that bent down, bent their knee, like, God, wouldn't that be like a worship <laughs> position? Like, cause you're trying to figure yeah, out like, yeah. once again, like, why? Like, yeah. So the, this past week I read this and I think that while I read it at first glance, I was like, that's a really weird comparison. But then as I kept reading further, I was like, okay. And so as I like to just dive in and really try to search out and seek out some things, I was reading one of the, the rabbis, the sages perspective on this. Uh, Rashi is his name. And so he said, you know, looking at it, they're both, they're, they're, they're lapping the water like an animal would, like a dog. Right. And so he begins to describe this whole picture of like, a dog throughout scripture uh, was was worthless and despised, right? And so it was feed them to the dogs and, you know, and the birds of the air. You hear Goliath and David and that or whatever. And yet that's kind of how people, they didn't think of their animals like we did. They did not. not right? Not like like we carry animals around in bags and, you know. <laughs> jewelry. Man. They, jewelry and, and they, <laughs> they eat better than human beings. Yeah, oh, and, yeah. And a whole nine yards type yeah. of deal. However, at the same time, um, we know that dogs are loyal and they will, they will fiercely defend their master. And so he tells this whole story about the concept of a dog being wholeheartedly loyal to its master. And so the, 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 the idea of these guys lapping water, almost like a dog was God's God's setting apart those who would be wholeheartedly loyal to him all the way through. Wow. And so you're like, wait, did we just get compared to dogs? <laughs> At the same time, there are many people that have a dog and yeah. they're like, it's my best friend. Yeah. This is my companion. I've had this dog in my life forever. He's part of the family. Like, look at all the terminology oh, yeah. we use. And so this rabbi was saying like, like maybe that was it. Cause we don't know. Right. No. So it's a maybe again, but God is always looking for that wholehearted loyal person and goes, I'll go to battle with them. I'll take them into a war and win. And really, we're down to 300. So, yeah, we're going from 32,000 to 300. And God is saying, we're, sti we're still going to win this. If you're Gideon, you're probably like, God, I know you confirmed this. God, I know I spoke with a messenger of God. I have everything anyone's ever asked yeah. for to let me know you got this. But God, 32,000 down to 300. How's this going to work, Right. We, sh we should have shown him the movie 300. I, I think he would have. Yeah. I don't he, think. He would have been like, all right, we like got him. this. <laughs> Sparta! We got this. Yeah. All right, all right, cool. I don't think they look like that all ripped six packs, you know, all that type of stuff. I think but, about that, though. But, but that, that's yeah. a great picture. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's the opposite. And what Chad said yesterday was so great in this moment. He said that, that uh, pretty much, and I think that you have in your notes, so correct me if I'm wrong. He pretty much said, uh, it's okay to, what's the word he looked, not doubt, but, but struggle, struggle with, with the your call of God. calling yep. from God. It's yep. okay. There's not a leader that didn't struggle. Mm. I struggle all the time 
Yeah. I lay in bed with sleepless nights over our church, over our staff, over people, over situations, yeah. over their children. This week, I'm thinking of kids going to camp. I'm not the student pastor anymore, yeah. but I know their family. I know their though. situation. I know that this for them may be the greatest week of their whole summer because everything else around them yeah. is so bad right now. And so I struggle. God, am I, am I built for this? God, am I strong enough for this? God, am I smart enough for this? This podcast, God, do we have the wisdom mm. to be speaking into your word that people are going to watch and listen and we're going to guide them spiritually? Yeah. Like I struggle with the calling of God. It doesn't mean I doubt the calling of God and it doesn't mean that I just turn around and disobey the calling of God. Yeah. Right. I stay in the calling as God keeps confirming. And I trust that ultimately what he has promised he is going to do because he is a faithful God. Yeah. And it's often as he went on to go with that, he said, often our procrastination is what stops us from initiation. And so it's, it's, I think the ultimate killer here is not doing anything at all, right? Because even, even in your struggle in God's call, uh, you're still seeking God. You're still seeking confirmation. You're still relying on him. Like there's elements that you're still applying in your life that keeps you intact with him. And so, but when you just stop and you procrastinate, you hold back, you, um, what what's this what's the saying like uh someone that chooses not um uh, inaction is still disobedience what's the what's the saying do you know what i'm, what I'm trying to say when yeah, someone right even now. when someone is just uh there's no response to something that should have response that's still yeah, a disobedience act yeah. and so i think we fall many of us fall into that where it's like we're procrastinating on what God is really trying to have us initiate and go forward with, whether it's in prayer, whether it's just getting into scripture, whether it's uh, being the light of Jesus to someone in your workplace. Uh, it starts with those simple things and really builds itself up. But a little faith, man, goes a long way. Yeah. I love that Chad said that. Yeah, a little faith goes a long way. And what you just said, the simple things. And that is, you know, the conversation I was having with my son last week about learning mm. the voice of the Holy Spirit is in the simple things. You know, everybody wants the Holy Spirit of God to come tell them, yeah. here's your full purpose in life. Start with the simple things. You know, I told him, I said, when I'm at a stoplight and I look over and I see someone broken down, when the Holy Spirit speaks to me, go help them. Yes, I can wrestle in my head. Is that me just wanting to be the good Samaritan? Or is that the Holy Spirit telling me? What's the worst thing that happens? I helped the person and it wasn't the Holy Spirit of God telling me? Exactly. But if it was, then I'm now more in tune. If I see this homeless person and God says, hey, turn around, go through the drive-thru and buy them a meal and take it to them. Is that me or is that the Spirit? Well, worst thing that can happen. I gave someone a meal today that that what I wasn't supposed to yeah. like, is that how you're going to look at it? Or I learned to listen. So you do those in the simple things. Yeah. God is telling, if you are walking with God, he daily gives you missions. Yeah. Let's, let's clarify that. It's not just what is your ultimate mission, but he gives you missions along the way. And so for some, it may be God is telling you to go on a missions trip, That's save good. your money and go. However, God may be saying, Hey, go across the street to your neighbor tonight take them some cookies and, 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 you know, see how they're doing. I don't know what it is, but you have to learn to do it. The, the friend of ours who is sending us the, the names of all the soldiers that he has served in battle with, and he is a high ranking official, right? And so there are guys who've just served on the battlefield. This is a medic that has seen 
everything we wouldn't want to see. I wake up this morning, and because of what he's saying, the Holy Spirit is going, call him this morning. Today is not Memorial Day as you and I know it, Exactly. right? The American holiday. Today is a day of remembrance of the people he served alongside of. That he's 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 going to have a rough day. Well, I can go. Well, is that just me feeling like I need to reach out, or is that God? Right. So pick up the phone, and I call him this morning, and we spend about twenty minutes on the phone, talk to, learn to do the simple missions, so that you can really hear the ultimate mission God has for you. That's fantastic. That is that is so good, and I think the the the, the little the little accomplishments will build up itself to bigger things. When and 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 when you are sensitive enough to listen to the little voice, the little voice for the small little thing, how much more, right? Like when the big, when that opportunity comes, it's still small voice. It's still small versus, versus the. Fi- I wanted you to speak in the fire, God, <laughs> like rain it down. And God's like, but I speak in still small voices. Yeah. Yep. And if you don't learn to hear that, yeah, and you just wait for the raging fire, because you may not like the raging fire. Gideon, 32,000 men? No, 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 yeah. no. 300. 300. No, God, I don't want to hear that message, right? <laughs> but what? He had to hear the other ones first, yeah. right? I've called you. I gave you signs. I gave you confirmations. Now I'm going to give you details. And Chad left everybody on a cliff yesterday. He did. Guy came up at the end of the first service because we have three of them, and he says, you didn't even say they won. <laughs> and Chad was like, exactly. That's for the guys on the podcast tomorrow. So he's like, I, I got to give them something to work content. with. <laughs> but, but they win the battle, but they win it in a yeah. way. This is what, as a kid, like to me, like those cool stories, because you didn't care about fighting and battles and war and all this stuff. They don't do anything. We're back to the Red Sea. Just be still. I'll part the sea. Pharaoh and his army will come through. I'll crash the sea over it. We're back to... Uh, Jericho, I'll bring the city walls down. God says, take the men. He gives them a strategy. This is key, I think, because God gives us strategies Mm. for our missions, right? Another part of obedience. Part of obedience. He gives you ways to play it out. And God says, pretty much at night while they're asleep, you're going to send them around them. They're going to encompass them. You only got 300, right? So that's not a whole lot. I think it's in groups of threes, a hundred each. And you're going to take a trumpet. You're going to take a pot and you're going to take a torch. Mm. And then at go, can you imagine if you're Gideon three, two, <laughs> like what's, what's go right for, yeah, yeah. They, for Gideon and the Lord. It says the men are ready to shout. That's crazy. So let's not forget that for Gideon, our leader, 300 loyal, wholehearted, men ready for battle and for God, not the Baals, not the Astra for God. And they blow their trumpets. They start banging the pots and they light their torches and the Midianites wake up and they think they're surrounded by a vast army. And there's so much chaos and confusion that they start attacking each other. You know, you think about if you're watching this unfold and you're like, we're not even doing anything. We're blowing trumpets. We're banging pots and pans, and and we're, we're we just lit torches. There's really only three hundred of them, but to them waking up, you know, you wake up in your tent, and you tent, and you go, and then they 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 go rushing off. Yeah, and so the other tribes come in and they attack the Midianites, and they eventually 
kill them all off, which was what was supposed to be done Yeah, when they entered into the promised land. And here's Gideon being used to correct all these things. And here's the interesting part that is a great segue f- for a few weeks from now. The people in Judges chapter 8, this is how they respond. They come to Gideon and they want to crown him. They want to make him king. They've never had a king before. Wow. Every other nation has had a king. Israel has only had five judges. So they had Moses as a leader. They had Joshua as a leader. At this point, they've only had five chiefs, five judges. And Gideon says, oh, no, 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 no. You're not crowning me. I am not to be your king. You have a king. Wow. He's God. And he puts them in their place immediately because their thing is to lift him up. And he, this guy from the smallest tribe, doesn't feel like he has all the qualifications. Could have been like, yeah, I earned this. I took 300 men into battle and we defeated the Midianites and, and, and ran them out. Instead, he goes, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not your king. Only God is your king. Yeah, that's, that's good stuff. Chad didn't give us that in the end. <laughs> that's why you got to be eight. in the post-Sunday podcast. <laughs> he didn't read chapter eight. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's why you got to tune in to post-Sunday podcast, man. Um, it's, it's just so good. And, yeah, hey, listen, God doesn't need whatever we think we need to have. Yeah. God didn't need a, need a big army with Gideon. He just needed willingness and obedience. And we talked about that a few weeks ago. Yeah. It's Willingness and obedience. All the way through. Yeah. Who's available and are they obedient enough yeah. to And then we think we God. need, you know, well, well, now we need the judge to become our king. No. no. God's your king. We think we need this leader in power. We need this politician sitting in this seat. We need we huh. need the, the control of this house or whatever. Hey, who's your king? Yeah. Who, where's your faith lie? Yeah. And so, you know, we end with this, basically, you know, we believe that God is speaking to someone and some people out there to really step up and be the kind of Christians that you were born to be. And so we're encouraging you today through this, uh, take the step that Gideon took of being willing and obedient to what God wants to do. Don't look at your limit limitations. Don't look at your history. Don't look at what you've been through. Don't look at any of that because God doesn't need all that to do big things in your life. So... Fantastic time, man. This was this was great. Uh, and so with that, man, we'll love for you guys. Uh, once again, go to youtube.com backslash post at post Sunday podcast. Subscribe, hit the notification bell. We'll uh, keep you in, in tune with everything that we have in contact with everything that we are going, uh, putting together here uh, in video. But we also have this in audio for you guys to follow on Spotify and iTunes at Post Sunday Podcast. We're in Instagram and we're on TikTok, post, postsunday.podcast on and TikTok. And Twitter. Oh, yes. And Twitter now. Let's go. We're everywhere. Post Sunday Podcast <laughs> at, tw- at Twitter. We're, we're so. everywhere. We're everywhere, with no guys. Merch no, <laughs> with no merch just yet. <laughs> I think we got DM'd about uh, if we did have any merch. Um, so the demand is there. It's picking up. and so. But when we do, man, I'll tell you, it's going to be some fresh, fresh gear. And we'll be having it on every week. So I'm excited about that. But anyways. Chad, Chad will model for us. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, man. We love Pastor Chad. So thankful for his wisdom and just what he brought to us this past weekend. Just fantastic, fantastic. So uh, keep us in prayer. Like Pastor Tim mentioned, we'll be at Rush Camp this entire week. Um, And some of us uh, here at Genesis have the opportunity to lead. Some of our young people are having some great uh, opportunities to lead worship and and be a part of that. So we're really looking forward to, to seeing them blossom and being used by God. But we love you guys. Thank you for joining us in episode 22. We'll be back with you guys next week for episode 23. Love you. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.